You are tuned in to The Tea Side, a podcast where we talk total health, life lessons, and music. I'm your host, licensed therapist, doula, and music enthusiast, Tanya D. Now let's get into it. You are tuned into the T-Side Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya D. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you are returning, thank you so much and welcome back. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it so that others can enjoy it too. As you know, the whole reason I started this podcast was to share my knowledge and experiences to help others. If you've listened to any of the other episodes, you would have heard me talk about me working to be my best self every day. One of the ways that I do that is by doing research and doing self-assessments. I recently ran across an assessment called an Enneagram and found it to be quite interesting. So to get a better understanding of it and to share information with you, I decided to find someone who could explain it to the both of us. Today, I have special guest and certified Enneagram coach, Misty Escobar, joining us. Hello. Hello. She's used Enneagram with her friends and family for several years before deciding to get certified because she wanted to help other people like me get a better understanding and, you know, awareness of self-knowledge to be their best self. So after reading her bio, I did find that uh, aside from being an Enneagram coach, she's certified as a prepare enrich facilitator and does work with couples. So that's pretty cool, too. And she and her husband are also ordained pastors in the Christian church and have a nonprofit organization that helps others get their churches started. So that was that's really great. So, Misty, welcome to the tea side. And before we get into the details of what an Enneagram is, is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself and tell us a little bit about how you got started working with Enneagram? with the Enneagram. Sure, sure. Thank you, first of all, for having me. It's an honor to, to be here and to be able to talk to your listeners. Um, so anything else about myself? I guess one of the biggest things about myself is that I'm a mom of three. And mm-hmm. so that is one of my top priorities, keeps me very busy. I'm um, sure. <laughs> and um, and yeah, so how did I get started with the Enneagram? Um, I think you mentioned a few things. My husband and I spend a lot of time helping others uh, mm-hmm. try to discover uh, maybe their purpose or the thing that they would like to focus on and then helping them be able to achieve that. And so I also um, was on my own journey of really understanding myself and um, understanding the strengths and weaknesses that I have and how I can be my best self. And so um, I, I guess it was back maybe eight years ago, my husband and I came across the Enneagram because someone asked us to do an assessment and mm-hmm. we had never heard of it. We did it. Um, and then it began this journey. Uh, first of all, we had that experience of someone reading back our results and being like, how, how, how do they know mm-hmm. that first of all, this is how I tick. This is how you tick. This is how we tick together. Like, how is this happening? It was like, uh, someone giving me language to explain things that maybe I kind of knew about myself, but I just never knew how to really uh, put words to that. Mm-hmm. And um, so after that, we started just telling people about it, uh, reading books, learning, applying what we were learning to our own life, uh, to our marriage, to our parenting. And when we began to see results and we began to see growth, um, I decided I wanted to do this as a job and actually 
help people really find, um, first of all, the importance of Mm self-awareness and then a a tool that actually works to help them move forward in that growth. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like we're pretty similar, just learning about ourselves so we can then apply it to help other people. Yeah. That's great. So can you tell us a little bit about what an Enneagram is and how did it even come about? Where did it start? Sure. So the Enneagram is a personality typification system. Um, There are many out there. It kind of dates back centuries and centuries. There's proof that people were developing the Enneagram, working with it way back as far as like 600 BC, like really far back. Um, But it's been this system that people have worked on and added to and developed over the years. Um, Even in the last few decades, there have been new uh, discoveries and things added to the, how the system works. And um, so it's this typification system. You might've heard of like Myers-Briggs or Mm -hmm. the big five. There's all these other systems and they, many of them are great. Many of them can be very helpful when looking for a career or understanding things about yourself. Um, but something that stood out for me and, and that continues to stand out for me with the Enneagram that makes it different is it doesn't just focus on your outward behavior, but Mm -hmm. it actually shows you why you do what you do. What are the motivations? The Enneagram is kind of, is kind of based on these motivations, um, that the nine different types have that are driving forces. What are your core fears? What are your core desires? Why are you doing the things you do? Why are you reacting the way that you react? Um, so it's, it can be very complex, um, but I love it because you can start at the beginning by just learning about yourself, reading about your type, and then you just little by little build the different aspects on top of that to learn more. Yeah, that was one thing that I found to be very interesting uh-huh. because after I did it and looking at the nine types and the arrows and the wings, it did look a bit, I don't know. I can't think of the word other than cultish. Okay. I'll just say that. <laughs> yes. But since you are an ordained pastor in a Christian church, how would you explain that to skeptics? Because to be honest, when I looked at it, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> yes, you know, just reading, some people said it started with the occult and it kind of developed from there. Right. Although now it doesn't really seem to connect so much to it, but right. What, how would you, or is it connected at all to the church or anything like that? Right. Actually, um, some of the first people that developed or that started developing part of what the Enneagram now is, um, were actually mathematicians. So it's a very interesting, Uh, system because there were mathematicians that added something to it. There have been uh, Catholic priests that have added aspects Mm -hmm. to it. Um, Do or have people that are involved in a cult used it? Probably. Mm -hmm. Um, Did it derive from that? There's no, there's no really uh, known answer whether it did or not. It seems that Mm -hmm. the very first person to ever use it was a monk back in Mm -hmm. 600 and something um, BC. So, and then from there, it was just these, these people that saw something in it and thought, huh, this is interesting. 
I think this could actually be something. And so people started working with it. So what I tell people, because you're right, I have a lot of people that will say, uh, this looks really weird. Um, someone told me that it's not something that I should be using if I go to a Christian church, for example. Mm -hmm. And so what I tell people is this, um, I feel like as someone that is a Christian, um, that God allows us to discover tools and that he allows us to then measure, is this something we kind of pass it through a filter? Is this something that's harmful to me? Or is this, is this something that I can find growth in? Um, and I always use this story because, um, what people that say, but this comes from something mystic, you know, we're coming up on Christmas now. And, um, it's very interesting that in, if you read the Bible and you read about Jesus's birth and you read about the things that happened after that, it's Mm -hmm. very interesting to see that God used these wise men who were mystic teachers. They weren't Christians. They weren't believers in God. They were Mm -hmm. believers in this mystic power, but he used them to be the ones to find the star and announce God's birth and so our Jesus's birth. And so it's very interesting how, um, God allows us to use things that maybe someone else would use in a different way for different purposes. Mm -hmm. Um, But we could have it in our hands and say, no, I see how I can apply this, apply this to my life and find growth in it. And so if it's not harmful to me and it's not hurtful to me, and it doesn't go against anything that I believe that whether it's the Bible or whatever your faith is, then um, I believe it's okay to use as long as we're not worshiping it or putting it in place of who we believe God mm-hmm. is, or if, if, if we believe in the Bible and that side of the sort of thing. Okay. I completely agree. Well, good. <laughs> you know, like, like I tell my clients all the time, it may work for you. It may not. You just have right. to find what works for you. And yes. sometimes I guess it, and really from what I was reading, it has kind of built over the years. Yes. How the assessment came about and where it's at today. Just take the parts of it that work for you. Exactly. And use that. Like I said, I've done, I've done the Myers-Briggs in school and throughout my career a couple of times. So yeah. And it seems to be pretty similar. I now that I've done this and where I'm at in my life now, I do want to do it again just to see where I'm at. Yeah. See if it's changed much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's good. And I think that it's important to know that the Enneagram is just a tool. It's not a doctrine. It's not a Mm -hmm. belief system. It's just a tool. It's a tool Mm -hmm. to help us grow into our best version and understand things about ourselves that we wouldn't normally understand if we didn't take the time. Yeah. And that is what I found interesting. This one goes into our core beliefs, our fears, and Mm -hmm. it tells you The one I did, I don't know if it's on all of them. It said your three superpowers Uh and like your three, I forgot what they were, but basically, but it does explain like in life, even if they're considered superpowers and they're good, if taken too far, it can still not necessarily be good. It can become a bad thing. And even the three things that or your weaknesses. So if they're considered more of a weakness, that doesn't mean they're bad. Right. It just shows you areas of growth. So, yes, you know, yes. And so how would you say this type of test differs from all the other ones? Do you think this one is just more in depth? At I definitely think things? it's more in depth. 
yeah, I think it's more in depth. Um, I think the biggest thing is, uh, and you just mentioned it too, the, these motivations, which are made up of these core beliefs and these core desires, these core fears, core weaknesses. Um, so it's kind of like showing how um, not just, oh, a type nine, for example, tends to be a peacemaker mm-hmm. and tends to be pretty laid back and tends to be a good mediator, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's usually true. But even within, I always tell people, you could have a hundred type nines in the same room together. And it doesn't mean that they're all exactly alike. They'll right. understand each other's motivations and they'll understand these core things and they'll identify with that in each other, but they might be very different in how they behave in certain things. And so um, the Enneagram is different in that it shows us all of those layers and all the variations within each type. Um, it also goes really into depth um, about how each type behaves under stress, for example. Mm-hmm. So it gives you these kind of like these guides on understanding, oh, if I'm acting like this, it's probably because I'm stressed out and I probably mm-hmm. need to kind of switch direction and, and move in a different direction and start trying to pull away from some of these things that I'm doing. So it's de- definitely more in depth. Uh, when you start studying and researching about the Enneagram, it could be overwhelming because there's so many different aspects within it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I tell people, don't feel like you have to know everything right away. Don't even feel like you have to discover your type right away. Cause some people, it takes more time. Some people, um, will take a test and they won't get the correct result and they'll read it and they'll be like, this doesn't really sound like me. And so, um, there's actually, a, a one of my favorite Enneagram teachers, he he's written a couple of books. Um, his name is Ian Morgan Crone and his, um, he always tells people that it took him over 10 months to discover mm-hmm. his type. He's, he is a four also, but it took him a long time because it's so in-depth and, and it takes a while to kind of pull back all the layers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely um, uh, a system that has more complexity to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think if you take the time, it has the most potential growth when you right. use it. Yeah. And I think overall, the best thing about this one is and really, it, it depends on the person, but all personality, what'd you say, the typification systems, uh-huh. if you take the time to look at yourself and read whatever the results are and say, you know what, that's not me, or that really is me, and why? And mm-hmm. because it's supposed to help with the self-awareness and exactly. knowledge to become your best self. So yeah, exactly. Another thing that I tell people a difference about the Enneagram is the first step is definitely understanding yourself. So Mm -hmm. number one is self-awareness and and personal growth. But then the interesting thing with the Enneagram is once you start understanding the other types that Mm -hmm. aren't your own type, you start understanding other people. And so what happens, it gives you grace and it gives you empathy for other people in your life that before you might've just said, Oh, that person just frustrates me. We will never be able to get along. We'll never be able to be friends. Mm -hmm. But then when you start understanding how the Enneagram works and and you see these nine different ways of perceiving situations, Mm -hmm. perceiving the world, you think, oh, they're like that because they see things a completely different way than I do. And so it helps you kind of have more patience for people. It's helped 
me and, and my husband and our marriage incredibly, because there were certain things that we always butted heads on. Mm-hmm. And it was because we just were expecting the other person to see the same thing and to understand it the same way we do, but right. it doesn't happen that way. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to see that it's like your eyes being open for the first time. Right. It was, it, that was something that I did because I study people. That's what I do. So uh-huh. as I went through it, I was like, okay, that's my mom to a <laughs> T. Oh my yes. gosh, that right there. And yeah. oh, that's this friend. That's this friend. Okay, that's definitely my brother. So <laughs> who, who were opposite, but we're similar. It's, it's weird. Yeah. But yeah. because I'm very here, I'm very controlled. Mm-hmm. He's just all over the place. Right. The final outcome might be the same, but the way we get there is totally different. Right. So if you are aware, one, you're able to articulate it to somebody else. Yes. Where you're at to help them better understand how to address you. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Let's go ahead and break down just briefly. What are the nine types? Yeah. So we'll start with the type one. And um, Mm -hmm. different Enneagram teachers use different names. Um, I call the type one, the reformer. Mm -hmm. Um, The type one is a person that wants to be precise, honest, fair. Um, They want to be respectable and do the right thing. They always are trying to do what they think is appropriate. Um, A type one has very high standards. They're very diligent, ethical. Um, They believe very strongly that there's one right way to do everything. Um, And so sometimes... um, if a type one isn't careful, uh, they can be a little critical, um, a little judgmental, and that they, they can also become angry because they don't, they feel like others should see these things and should know these things and should do mm-hmm. things right the first time. <laughs> um, the type two, the helper, I'll, I'll start with good stuff. And then I'll kind of mention maybe okay. a weakness for each type. Okay. So the type two is the helper. Uh, the type two is uh, probably the most generous, loving, sincere uh, type out there. They um, truly are very servant-minded. They want to help others. Um, mm-hmm. Now, they sometimes help others to a fault, and they have a hard time um, taking care of themselves and knowing what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, they, because they really want to, they want, they give love, but they want to feel love. They want to be loved in return. Mm -hmm. Um, but they are some of the most self self self-sacrificing people, um, when they're stressed out, um, they can be maybe a little manipulative. Um, uh, they can maybe be a little bit explosive Mm -hmm. with other people. Um, but very, very loving people, very giving people. The type three is the motivator. Um, the type three is a competent, efficient, very dynamic person. They want to be good at what they do and, and they want to look good doing it too. Um, mm, they, okay. image is very important to a type three. Um, they're very ambitious and driven. They're focused on goals. Um, and which is a good thing because they get a lot done. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, I call them the motivator because they're so good at motivating other people to reach their goals too. Mm-hmm. Um, the type three has to be careful though, that they slow down and they listen to other people and they take the time to care about what other people are going through because they're so focused on what they want to achieve and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And they also, because they're, they care about image, they need to be very careful that they don't sacrifice their true self for what they want others to see, oh, okay. um, what they want to put out to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the type four, I call the type four, the individualist. Uh, the type four uh, wants to be um, inspired. They are very intuitive. Uh, they desire to be original and unique. They're the most um, authentic type because it's very important to them to be authentic. And they, they want other people to be authentic too. When they're healthy, they're, they're passionate. Um, they're, so, they're so in tune with their feelings and it's very easy for them to express feelings. And when they're healthy, they can help other people also learn how to express feelings and to be authentic also. Um, the type four is the type that um, usually feels that melancholy is beautiful. Sadness can be beautiful. Other people don't always understand that. Um, and, but they, they see the beauty and sadness. They see the beauty um, in everything around them. When they're under stress, a type four can be a little bit moody. Um, they, can be, they can even become arrogant. Um, overly emotional. They tend to be an emotional type anyways, which can be good, but when they're under stress, they can be overly emotional. Um, and they can sometimes deal with envy. The, the type four kind of has this feeling that something's missing. I had, there's a piece of, of me missing. Everybody else has it all together, but I just can't find my missing piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but just definitely a, a person that's, some people call them the artist. Not all fours have to be artists. Mm-hmm. but they definitely have a creative streak in them and it comes out in different ways with different force. Um, let type, me tell you. Oh yes. Cause you, you identify. I am a, a four. four. Okay. I am so much a four that I got 98%. <laughs> I am a four. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely an individualist. I don't like being like everybody else. Mm. It's annoying. I'm like, yeah. why is everybody the same? That's boring. Yeah. But I am very emotional. I'll cry uh-huh. if I see a cute baby on a commercial. I'm just, <laughs> it's just so cute and sweet. And I will cry. It's yeah. Yeah. I'll cry if I'm yeah. happy. I'll cry if I'm sad. And I will cry if I'm mad. If I'm mad, <laughs> if I'm upset and you see me cry, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> that's not what you want to see. Right. But, right. And it's interesting because. A lot of people, most people don't identify these things with numbers. The common thing is they identify them with Zodiac signs. Mm -hmm. And my Zodiac sign is a Sagittarius, Mm -hmm. which is a fire sign, which are very known to be outspoken anyway. Okay. (laughs) Well, very blunt and to the point, but I am a creative. Yeah. Part of the reason I do a podcast, I, I would bake cakes. And I do crafts as a way to relax Mm. what I'm doing. I don't know. I'm like, you know what? (laughs) Let's try this. I'll like, you know what? I want to try painting today. You know what? I want to learn how to do, you know, vinyl shirts today. Oh, I want to do glass etching. I'm a multi-crafter. I'll just do something different because I get in my zone. And then it's like, ah, yeah, I see the finished product. So yes, I'm so much a four. Yeah. And fours are always looking for a way to express themselves. So that's where all of Mm -hmm. that comes in. I I have two, I have three siblings, two of them are fours Mm -hmm. and they're both like that. It's always this new idea of, (laughs) Ooh, I I did that. 
whether it's yeah. photography or painting, or they're looking for this perfect way to express themselves. And yeah. then a lot of times with fours, what happens is then all of a sudden it's like, this doesn't have meaning anymore, but let me try this. Now this right. is going to be my <laughs> way to express myself. <laughs> and you know what? I have learned that honestly, it's, it depends on my mood. Mm-hmm. I do what I feel at the moment, which is uh-huh. why I've, just accepted the term. I'm a multi-crafter. <laughs> it depends on what I feel like doing that day. Yeah. You know? I like that. I like that term. Yeah. Which is That's part true. of the reason music is why I speak in song lyrics, because it helps me express myself when right. I don't have the words. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And, and it's true. Fours have the songs for everything. <laughs> <laughs> and fours are, the, fours are usually the ones too. And some other types do not understand this, but a four will watch a movie or listen to certain music to be sad because they want to go to that sad place. And it's okay. Yeah. Some people think, oh, that's terrible. It's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. There's, but fours are so capable of feeling all the different emotions and, and to an extreme. And so it's actually a gift when it's used well and, and in, a, in a healthy way. Right. And that's why I'm like, you know, I'm different. It's okay. I've accepted it. Yeah. No, it's good though. It's good. And and you mentioned something else funny too, because fours do not understand why everybody has to be the same. And (laughs) a four is usually the one that I always say this, that if everybody, I don't know, I don't even know, I'm not up with the times, but if everybody's has to have the new Nike Air Force One, the type four mm-hmm. is going to say, that's the last thing I'm going to buy. I'm not going to buy what yep. everybody else is buying. <laughs> nope, not at all. Yeah, I will not. Be different. <laughs> so no, anyway, type great. five. Type five is the investigator. Uh, type five is one that wants to be capable and competent. They want to be informed. Um, they're very perceptive. Um, they like to have information. Um, they, uh, are, they tend to be one of the most introverted types and it's pretty common that they don't talk a lot unless you're talking about something that they know about. If you're talking about something they know about, they will give you all the details because they like to have that information and to share it with other people. Um, type fives do not want to be obligated or feel obligated by other people. They don't want other people's needs to be put upon them. Um, a type five has kind of the lowest social battery. And so they need extra time to recharge. So, um, it's really interesting with fives because a lot of times if if you have a five in your life, it's easy to think they just don't care. They don't ever want to be with me. They don't ever want to spend time with me. But when you start to understand this and you start to extend that, that, um, like that space for a five to go and be alone and recharge Mm-hmm. When they have that time, they can come out and they can give you their best. It might not last as long because they need to then go recharge again. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they are types that um, are very innovative. Um, they have some great ideas because they have all the information. Um, mm-hmm. And so very, very interesting, very interesting people. Um, when they are under stress, they can withdraw, become distant, Um They could even become a little bit hyperactive when they're under stress and and just have so many ideas. They can go, they can be people that go on rabbit hole traces because they just, they, they're looking up one thing and then they, it takes them on this rabbit hole about something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the type five, the type six, I call the loyalist. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the type six has different names. Um, they tend to be uh, an anxious type. Um, so a type six is the type that can easily look at the horizon and, and give you all the different scenarios. They know the best that could happen. They know the very worst that can happen. And if they're not careful, they can worry a lot about those things. Um, but they are very, very loyal people. So once a six does finally believe in something, um, they will be there to the end, whether it's an idea, a job, a friend, they are just very, very, very loyal. Um, with a six, it's important to know that they need to just be listened to and not say, oh, Mm. that's ridiculous. That would never happen. Like, why do you even think that way? Because to them, it's very real. And sometimes they just need to talk out all the different possibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so for a six, they will be your most faithful best friend forever. Um, (laughs) if they know that they can trust you, if they know that you will not, um, turn your back on them. They know that you're by their side because that's important to them. That stability is important to them. Um, a type seven is the enthusiast type seven is the life of the party. Typically. Um, they are so optimistic, very entertaining. They, um, want to be happy. They want everybody else to be happy. Um, it's their goal to make sure that everyone is fully satisfied Um, They don't like dwelling in anything negative. So uh, a lot of times the seven is the one that if something's sad or somebody's sad, they want to turn it into something funny or something fun um, because they don't like it. That the sadness and negative feelings is something that they feel like holds them back um, from that happiness and from um, the next best thing. Um, The type seven, um, when they're under stress, they can actually become a little bit critical with other people. Um, critical that other people are holding them back, critical that other people aren't letting them have fun. Um, But a type seven is one of the types that has the most ideas. um, And they go a thousand miles per minute. um, And uh, they just, they just have that future momentum. And so they're great people to be visionaries, uh, to help drive projects, they just need people around them to help them get it done. Mm Because usually they're already on the next idea. When everybody's just barely understanding the first idea. That's, that's my brother. He's, okay. he, I'm like, calm down, sit down for a minute, but he's great at motivating other people. And he's a forward thinker. Yeah. That's what yeah. he does. But yeah. if I'm sad or upset about something, he'll make a joke. And then right. we've got a problem. Right. Aside from the fact I'm seven years older. So like, you know what? leave me alone, get out of my face because he doesn't like that. That, you know, that's just how he copes with it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I know you want me to be happy, but I need to not be right. now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Give me five minutes and come back. So yeah, that's definitely my brother, which is why we butt heads sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, that's great because just those examples like that, um, show how different we can be. You know, I think the movie Inside Out is such a great movie that talks about emotions and personalities. (laughs) And I think Joy is a very typical seven. Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you look at the way she's everybody's got to be happy and nobody can be sad. And and Mm -hmm. it's just like, you know, all this hype all the time, all the time. And a lot of times I think "Hmm, I bet sadness is probably mostly four. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of the movie is them not getting each other, not understanding each other, you know? Mm -hmm. And then at the end, they both realize, Joy realizes, oh, there's actually 
good and sadness sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sadness realizes, oh, sometimes sadness isn't that great. And I need to flip over here to mm-hmm. this happy side. Yeah. And so it's a great example of that yep. dynamic for sure. Um, the type eight is the challenger. The type eight is probably the strongest personality um, on the Enneagram. Um, they are very frank. Um, they're very uh, direct. They want to be open and honest all the time. Uh, they, it's very important for them to be independent and not be controlled by anything or anyone. Um, they don't have a filter usually. So it can be a good thing because they're, again, they're natural born leaders when they use it for good. Um, they're not afraid of anything. So they will get up for any cause. They'll do anything that needs to be done. They'll talk to anybody. Um, they have a very strong presence about them. So sometimes people are turned off and think that apes are mean or scary, depending on your personality. Um, Mm -hmm. but when you know an eight, Uh, I have a couple eights in my life and I've realized with the Enneagram that they just, they want me to also say what I believe and to say it loud and and be confident. And when I can be that way, it's almost like, I feel like I'm arguing and it makes me feel uncomfortable, but they love to debate and they love to like talk about Mm -hmm. things. They don't get offended by it. So they just, they just want someone to, to step up to it and to talk it out. Um, but they are also, uh, misunderstood sometimes because underneath all of that armor is this soft, vulnerable heart. And it's hard for them to show that, but when they can show that and they can tap into that health of of an eight, they can be some of the most caring people, um, and really can be, uh, help a help in social causes, social justice and that type of thing. Um, and then to end it off the type nine is the peacemaker. Uh, the type nine is an, is interesting because they, um, and actually they're positioned at the top of the Enneagram diagram and a type nine can see all the different, um, mindsets and all the different perspectives. They understand them all. Um, that's why they can be very good counselors and mediators because Mm -hmm. when they're sitting in a room and they're listening to all these different opinions, they, they get, they understand it all. Um, but they do not like conflict. So they will do anything possible to avoid conflict, um, which a lot of times means not doing what they'd like to do or not doing what they feel like they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to step on anybody's toes and they don't want to cause any problems with anyone. So they kind of just go along to get along. Um, okay. But when they realize, wait a second, I have something to give. My, my presence matters here. Um, and they're able to step into that. Um, they have such a gift to give all of us because they're not only good listeners, but they can be great uh, leaders also when they're able to step in that. They will be more laid back. Mm-hmm. They're not going to push anybody around. Right. Um, but they um, are just great at bringing people together. Um, they're easy to be with because they just make you feel at home. They just make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not judgmental at all. Um, so they just have to make sure that they are not, um, getting stuck in this fear of, Ooh, who am I going to offend? And they're mm-hmm. able to really say, no, oh, whether it's, I want to go eat at Chick-fil-A because usually they won't even tell you where they want to go eat. Right. <laughs> they don't, they just want everybody to be happy and just do what they right. want to do. So whether it's that, or it's actually a big thing, like, Hey, I want to start a business. Mm -hmm. when they realize they can say that and they can do that. Um, it's just a great gift and a great thing. Yeah. And for the sake of 
understanding and time. I won't go into a lot of detail, but uh-huh. once you have the nine types, it then breaks it down even mm-hmm. further. And they have what they call wings, which is basically whatever the number you identify the most with, which again, for me was a four uh-huh. at 98%. The wings are the numbers on each side of you. Correct. And mine was so three and five. Yes. And interestingly enough, my five was 90%. So I'm very much a five also. Yeah. So so you use that wing. I'm an investigator. Like I said, I need to do research. Yes. Part of understanding me is knowing that sometimes that can be something that holds me back. Right. Is I do a lot of research and by the time I act on it, it's too late or (laughs) I should have done it before. Yes. (laughs) But what I didn't really understand is the arrows. Yeah. So each number has uh, two lines that are connected to two other types on on the chart. Okay. So for example, um, I identify as a type one and my Mm -hmm. lines go to a four and to a seven. So what does that mean? Um, It shows how a type one behaves under stress and Uh how a type one behaves when they're growing. Okay. So aside from my own personal traits as a type one, there are certain things that I will do as a type one because I'm under stress. But aside from that, I also, my line of stress goes down to a four. And so what happens with a type one is typically a type one is very task oriented. I don't let emotions stop me. I just keep going. I keep pushing on. But if I'm under stress, I can very much go to a low side of a four and take on some of the unhealthy characteristics of a type four. And I can find myself wanting to lock myself in my room. I don't want my husband, my kids to bother me. I want to be sad. I want to feel like, why does no one understand me? And I Mm -hmm. get into this little funk. Um, And so it's like an added layer of where I can go when I'm not in a good place. Okay. Okay. And then on the flip side, the other line that starts at a one goes to a seven. So that's what happens when a type one is growing as a person. Not only do I show more of my healthy traits as a one, but I go to the high side of a seven and I can show some of the healthy uh, aspects of a seven. So a type one that's, again, typically serious, all about Mm -hmm. order, all about cleanliness, neatness, all of a sudden I might find myself saying, Oh, forget the dishes. Like, let's have fun. Let, you know, let's have Mm -hmm. a dance. That's not normal for me, but I will all of a sudden do it. And now that I understand the Enneagram, I realize, Oh, this is a good thing. Like, this is not just me having this weird moment. Like what's wrong with mom. It's like, I'm actually tapping into health because I'm realizing some things aren't the most important. I can actually have this fun, spontaneous moment and let go of some of the stuff that restricts me. So each number is, d- is connected to two different numbers and it kind of goes that same way. Okay, because mine were one and two. Correct. And so does it, is it based on the number that you get? So yeah, would so, a four always go to a one and a two? Yes. So again, there's so much... Um, uh, so there's so many dynamics within the Enneagram, but for a type four, mm-hmm. uh, you, you explain the wings very well. So you can sometimes show some things of a five or of a three because of your wings, mm-hmm. but as far as your lines, so your stress line and your health line, 
a type four, when they're healthy and they're growing, they mm -hmm. go to the high side of a one. And so they can show some healthy things of a type one, which would be sometimes a type four we talked about can jump from project to project, be a little bit dispersed, a little bit, um, maybe, uh, not finish, not follow through with things because they just kind of jump around. But when a type four is growing, they realize the importance of order of, mm -hmm. of discipline. Um, they become people that uh, can maybe uh, they like to have lists and they like to have these things in order and do things a certain way. Um, and so there's almost like this, like idealistic, like level of excellence that mm -hmm. they to, and they want to make sure that they show and everything that they do. And then the type four, when they are under stress, they can tend to go to the low side of a two. And aside from showing some of the, the weaknesses of a type four, they can become, um, show some of this, the weaknesses of a type two also, which would be maybe being a little bit manipulative in relationships. And what you could do is you could just, you would study a type two and you mm -hmm. study some of the, that low side of a type, type two, what does a type two do? That's not healthy. What does a type two do? That's, that's a weakness. And then you could say, Oh, okay. I see where that comes out in me. Cause it might come out differently. In right. Me. That's just one right. example. Right. And so th those are the things that I was like, Hmm, that's how people learn and grow. So yeah. Yeah. No, I'll that's take great. It. That's great. And, and it's, it's fun when you start learning these things, because you can be really practical. And, and you said something earlier, um, you communicate to people, you explain to them, Hey, I've learned this about myself. And so I need you to be patient with me in this. And I, I do that with my kids. They already know that I'm a strict mom and that I'm a mom of order. And I don't like mm -hmm. silliness. They already know those things, <laughs> but now I can explain to them and say, Hey, you know what? I missed it. Like when you guys were younger, I should have let you play more with Play-Doh and I should have let you get messy more, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I've told them there's, it, this is a silly example. I've used this before, but just so people can see how practical it can be, um, identifying the things that snap you out of your unhealthy state and into a healthy state. And for me, mm -hmm. one of the things with my kids, it, it's two songs and it's really silly, but one of them is the song from the little mermaid. Um, mm -hmm. the, uh, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? you know, mm -hmm. when she's safe. for some reason, I've always loved that song since I was little and it makes me happy no matter what mood I'm in. And mm -hmm. so my, my, and the other one is ice, ice baby by vanilla ice. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, if I, I can be so mad that one, I just, I just start dancing and it completely changes my mood. And so my daughter, she's 18. She will now say, if, if I'm like being mean, like critical and like just snapping at everybody, she'll tell one of my boys, Hey, go put on the little mermaid song. <laughs> so as soon as I hear it, it just changes. And so if you start identifying, what are the things that snap me out of my funk mm -hmm. and make me more likable to people, make me more lovable and, and caring. Um, mm -hmm. it's just like you just start being intentional in those things, you know? Exactly. And that's the key word. Be intentional. Yes. My favorite word. Yeah. <laughs> on every Monday. I will always post a happy Monday. Have a great week yeah. message. We got to start it. Look one day at a time. You know what? It's going to be a great week. Have a, yes. and I, it's always a hashtag. Have a good day on purpose. Yeah. That's have good. a great day. Have a great week on purpose. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, probably something's not going to go the way you want. Probably going to be a horrible week. But if you look at it that way, you're right. It will. 
yeah intentionally look for the positives yeah the little things and listen to music music always makes a difference like you said it's the little mermaid and ice ice baby (laughs) whatever it is it music is that's why I love music so much it's just the best which is why every episode has a theme song so talking with you you said every type has a song so you'll have to let me know what the song for four is but yeah I always let my guests pick the theme song for the episode so what is your theme song for today the song that I chose is actually called one um Mm -hmm. and I identify as a type one and there is a musician his name is Ryan but he goes by sleeping at last Okay. And he did um, a series he called Atlas and he did a song for each Enneagram type and they're just simply called one, two, three, four. Um, And so I picked the one for the type one because um, I think when you know what your Enneagram type is, or you might even discover your type just by listening to the songs, whichever (laughs) one it is that just, you're like, whoa, this really Uh speaks to me. but it's, I, I told, I was telling Tanya before we started recording that this song, it, it encourages me. And it also just, it just really speaks to, to me as a person mm-hmm. and it challenges me to, to be better. And it encourages me that, that at the same time, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. It, I did listen to it. It's a very beautiful song. I like it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll send you the, t- I'll send you the four one. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to listen to all of them. Yeah, they're good. Before I let you go, is there anything else you would like to tell us about or any programs or podcasts that you have going on? Sure. Thank you for that opportunity. Um, I Just to wrap it up, I would just say this. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that the Enneagram is just a tool and the purpose of it is transformation and growth. And so people do have a lot of fun with the Enneagram. You'll find memes and you'll find silly things. And sometimes that's fun and it's okay. As long as we're not finger pointing, as long as we're remembering that it's about, it's about growth. It's about Mm -hmm. me growing as a person. And it's about me extending grace and empathy to other people. Um, And then, yeah, so I, I'm a certified Enneagram coach. And so I do a few things. I, um, I do coaching sessions for people. So I help people discover their type. Um, because like I mentioned, sometimes people will take a test and it sounds like it happened like that for you. And it just nails it. And you just read the results and you think, oh my gosh, there's no doubt this is me, but for other people, it's not that simple. And so, um, I help people discover their type. And then I also do, um, four sessions to coach people through once they've discovered their type, how to really pull out the best of your type and how to understand all the different aspects of the Enneagram relating to your type, like the wings, like the Mm -hmm. lines and the arrows and all of those things. Um, And then I have a podcast. Most of the episodes are in Spanish, but if you look carefully, um, I think it's season two um, or season three. um, I have a season uh, of, or episodes of each type. So I interviewed someone uh, that identifies with each type um, and so I have that it's called discover freedom okay. uh, with Misty Escobar. Uh, so yeah. And then I, you can find me on Instagram, um, as, uh, Enneagram underscore discover freedom. Okay. And Enneagram is E N N E A G R A M. Exactly. Yes. At Enneagram underscore discover freedom. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And then you just have to make sure, cause I do have my, my, uh, 
page in Spanish also. So you just have to make sure you're getting the English one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's something that I didn't mention, but yeah, you've lived in other in countries. Argentina and Mexico. My husband's actually Mexican. Okay. And so our life is very bilingual. And I just, when I started coaching, it just ended up that I had the most traction in Spanish. And so that's kind of where okay. I do the most of my work. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and explaining the Enneagram to me as well as my listeners. Sure. I'd probably be reaching out just because I have other questions, but of course. yeah, <laughs> thank you so much. And if there is nothing else you'd like to say, I would encourage you all to definitely go check out her Instagram page because she does have a lot of really great memes and things on there <laughs> for the different types. But can they reach out to you if they want to do the yes. test or where can someone go to do an Enneagram test? Okay, that's a good question. So you, the best way to reach out to me is through my Instagram account. Um, okay. And then the test that I like the best, if you're looking for a free test, the one I like the best is your Enneagramcoach.com. They have a free assessment. Um, and then there are others too that you can pay to do. I'm not sure which one you did. I didn't ask you, but there's a Truity one. Um, there's the Enneagram Institute one. Uh, Ian Morgan Cron has one on his website. So there are lots of different ones you can do. Um, mm -hmm. but if you're going to just, if you want to do a free one, I really only recommend the one on your Enneagramcoach.com's okay. page because, um, they, they, this, the algorithms that they have tend to give the best results. Okay. Yeah. So if you all have any questions about the Enneagram, or if you feel like you relate to a particular type that was discussed, definitely let me know. I would love to know what type of listeners I have. Because Great. you definitely know what I, you all probably could have figured out which one I was without me <laughs> telling you that I was a four, but that's okay. So right. until next time, thank you for listening to the Teesside podcast. Be sure to follow me on your favorite listening platform so you get notified when new episodes come out. You can also connect with me on social media at T underscore side podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well as on Facebook at The Teesside Podcast. You can also head over to the website, theteesidepodcast.com, where you can leave a comment, send me an email, or even a voicemail. I look forward to hearing from you.